helmet, behind the, the basketball or hockey uniforms, you, the athletes at the University of Michigan, uh, this is where it goes down. And joining us today is a young man who he was part of a, a fall trek uh, back a couple of years ago, the likes of which I'll never try to achieve again. I started off on a Thursday night seeing Amarion Walker in New Orleans, a Friday night seeing Zeke Berry in NorCal, and then I flew down to L.A. to see Servite versus Modern Day. This was a nationally televised game, a nationally relevant game. And that might have been number one versus number two in the country. Was that what it was? Like number one versus number like four or five, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so two of the top five teams in the country. And without question, at least to me that day, the best player on the field. It's none other than number 55, Mason Graham, who joins us. Mason, yeah, how are you? Yeah, appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, thanks for, for joining us. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. Um, you know, you came in and you were a freshman starter. If we had rewound the tape to your junior year in high school, could you see yourself as a freshman starter at, you know, big-time, high-level Power Five? I mean, I always believed, like, myself that I could do that. Um, maybe at the tight, uh, at that time I wasn't getting the looks from the colleges at that point, but I always believed I was a Power 5 starting type guy. Mm-hmm. Certainly I could see why you would think that. I'm just confused why many of the West Coast schools didn't see that until later in the process, but we'll build up to that. You're a multi-sport standout, and by multi-sport, not just two. Like you were, so what were all the sports you competed in in high school? Uh, at one point, uh, it was in like my freshman year maybe or sophomore year, I was doing football, basketball, rugby, wrestling, and then I threw like in track a few times every here and there, went to a few tournaments, but yeah, so, so I was kind of active. <laughs> yeah, so most of us would get tired juggling all of that, and I think that's maybe a a microcosm of, uh, you know, of you just in general watching you on the football field because that was the thing that stood out to me watching you play football was you never came off the field. Yeah, that it, was kind of a thought of, like, my head coach, he, like, was more of, like, an old-school type guy. He encouraged us to, like, at least play two sports, like, just staying in shape, being active, and he just liked guys that were always active. So. Okay. So let's let's start in high school. Let's start at Servite. So for folks who don't know, Servite's one of the top high school programs in the country, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, not just Cali, in the country. How do the first few years go for you there on the football field? Yeah, so I came in as a freshman. I was probably like, at that point, I was like 6'1", 225, 230. Uh, But Servite at that point was not like a powerhouse. Like, you're thinking of California football, you're not saying Servite. Mm -hmm. Um... And then we brought in this class uh, a few of my friends that played on the best eighth grade team that year. Um, we all came to this one school trying to just build it up from the ground up. Um, and our new head, that coach, uh, my head coach for Servite was actually my eighth grade all-star team coach, like head coach for that team. And he recruited me to go there kind of. Mm-hmm. Just like letting, like telling me he wants me to play there and stuff like that. We just got a class together and just built it from the ground up, hitting the weight room every day, practicing, just crazy stuff like that. Yeah, all right. And so when did you start to get any college? I mean, I know the power, big-time Power 5 came into your senior year, but when did you start getting any college attention? I think I got my first offer 
going into like right after my sophomore season mm -hmm. or going into my junior season, Fresno State. Michigan comes in on you, relatively speaking, to prospects of your ilk because by the end you were one of clearly one of the top prospects in the country. But when Michigan came on you, it, you weren't ranked that way. The offers didn't reflect that, but you were killing in your senior season. Mm -hmm. I talked to my guys, Greg Biggins out there, uh, Brandon Huffman out there, and I'm asking, what the heck, where was this guy last year? And it's like, this is, we didn't expect this either. So junior to senior year, something happened, some metamorphosis, or, or did, did you feel like you were playing just as well your junior year? I felt I was kind of playing at a high level uh, in my junior year still, but I think, like, I kind of, like, blew up, so to say, after I had, like, the first game of uh, my senior season. I think I had, like, five sacks in one game, something like that, and then, like, it kind of blew up a little bit, and people started talking to me, but I was already getting some interest before that. Everyone was, like, talking to me and stuff, but no one really offered, mm -hmm. like, but yeah, it's, I guess how it panned out. <laughs> yeah, you got any theories on that? Because I, I asked you sort of jokingly, how does a guy, because, you know, by the time you're being a big time a recruit, Servite is a big time mm -hmm. program. You got guys there that yeah. have offers. And, you know, certainly the, the Pac-12 schools know about you. How does a Servite guy go under the radar at that point to where it's, and Boise State's a really, really good program, but there was no SC there was no Washington. There was no Oregon. Did, did that confuse you at the time? Yeah, I was definitely, like, I was questioning, like, why, why wasn't I getting the attention or the offers that, like, I thought I deserved. Um, but, like, all my coaches would tell me just, like, you only need one offer. The offers will come. And they would tell me how they were all talking to these coaches and they wanted to offer, but, like, just never did. Mm -hmm. So... And so then you're leading the nation, I mean, like uh, leading California in sacks, right, uh, at one point. And as an interior defensive lineman who also plays every snap on the offensive line. So, again, that in and of it, so playing every snap as a defensive lineman, you can attest to, mm -hmm. is hard. But every snap on offense, so there never was a thought to either by you or your coach that, Maybe we need to keep something in the tank for, for Mason on, on defense. There was never a conversation like that? No, I think he really just knew, like, I was capable of it. Um, and we needed our – that's what we needed for our team. Like, you look at moder the modern-day teams, they have backup dudes with offers and stuff like that. But at Servite, it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just a group of guys just, like, all boys school, just grinding it out. <laughs> like – Ever, a lot of people are going both ways, and that's just how it was. That's how it was. All right. So, that's what we needed to do to win. So. Right. So another way uh, that it was was Michigan comes in. So take me through that. When you hear from Michigan, what was your reaction? And then how long between you hearing from them and the offer, how long was that time span? Yeah, I don't know the exact like time frame, but it was somewhere around – I know Coach New has always like seen my stuff. Well, Coach New at the time was our right. defensive line coach right. at Michigan, uh, so like I was talking to him every here and there a little bit. Um, and then I guess Kino's my D line coach that coached me in high school, uh, pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were just talking, talking. Uh, I was always talking to him. He eventually offered me, and then later, like a month later or something, I OV'd on. 
to the Washington game. Mm-hmm. And then that was just... That was it? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I remember the commitment coming after that. And funny thing happened. Now the flood, now everyone is talking about Mason Graham, right? So, I mean, did you... <laughs> how did you react when the offers after you commit to Michigan came in? Did you sort of... Were you sort of like... I mean, how, how did you respond to the coaches when they, they came, af- came after you after Michigan? Yeah, I mean, they all had their own reasonings or stuff like that to kind of just give an excuse for why they didn't offer me, saying this and that. But that's how it is, though. Like, people see, coaches will see someone offer this guy, and then they'll offer just based on that offer. So it's kind of just like ricochet effect. Right, right, right. So at one point, though, I mean, you've been committed to Michigan for a while, and then SC. They started to do a full court press, right? So, I mean, what was – take me through in, in that moment. You had been committed to Michigan for a while. They were kind of the first big school to, to move on you. But, I mean, what were you feeling about? What were you hearing from SC at the time? Uh, yeah, SC was just coming at me pretty hard. Uh, Lincoln Riley, that's when Lincoln Riley had just shown up there. Mm-hmm. Got his old defensive staff there. The D.C. was reaching out. They wanted to do in-home visits, like, around that time. They were at my school quite a few times because we had this receiver at my high school at the time, too. Uh, he's at Arizona now. They were recruiting him pretty hard. So the receiver's coach was there, defense coordinator. Lincoln Riley was at the school all the time because it was nearby. So mm-hmm. he was always there just trying to dig into us. <laughs> but, yeah. Was it ever a thought for you? Because not from a lawyer, because clearly Michigan went on you first, but just the heartstrings, being closer to your family. Was that ever kind of a tough thing for you, to, the notion that, man, I'm going to be way over here, they're going to be way over there, and they're in Hawaii now? Yeah. So did you ever kind of It kind of was like that um, for a little bit, just like that first moment of the offer. It was like, well, I might want to do this. or mm-hmm. It was just the heat of the moment type thing. But I just like sat down with the family and realized like I didn't want to like I wanted to do something new like get out of California try something new see what else is out there okay and that you did and you know you get to Michigan and very quickly you start to make your presence felt so much so that the opening week Jim Harbaugh comes out (laughs) and says you're a starter by that point do you know do you know that you're a starter and you'll say I was a starter in a package you were a starter right (laughs) Uh, but did you know that was going to be the case, or did I even catch you by surprise? No, I kind of knew, like, I would say it was like a turning point in fall camp. Probably, like, going into the second week of fall camp, I started going with the ones in the base package. So I was like, at that point, I kind of knew, like, they were getting me ready, ready, ready for the season. Mm-hmm. So so I, I wonder if there's a point where, you know, because the game recognizes game, as they say. You know as a player when you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And you know when it's not the second-string guy that you're doing it against. Mm-hmm. When it's this, these Joe Moore award-winning guys, yeah. that's something different. So could you kind of feel like, oh, man, okay, I'm, this is, it's, it's hard, but I can do it. Yeah, I'm, I remember talking about, like, uh, to other D linemen, I was like, not to, like, try to, like, be braggy or whatever, but, like, I was like, are you guys, like, kind of, like, going with Olu a little bit, like, neck and neck? <laughs> uh, and they're like, yeah, a little bit. I was like, yeah, me too, a little bit. That's what I kind of felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's super strong, obviously. Yeah. Best center in the country. And if you're doing well against him, you can do well against anyone. And so you get in the season and you really start 
you really start being a contributor when you look back into the season is there is there a turning point in the year we got the turning point in fall camp is there a turning point in the year where you really felt like man I'm I'm an impact guy here probably that first away game at Iowa I mean that was kind of like an eye-opening experience first away college away game I was rocking at the stripe hour or whatever uh, it was just a big time game first Big Ten game and then I had to sack that game too like a few tackles so that was kind of just like the eye-opening game I would say so well I guess the game that really resonates with me was Illinois mm-hmm. I mean you know Illinois could really run the football uh, by that point in the season you guys are 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 stoning people but man you need to, you guys need to come up with some big plays on a defensive line in that game some timely plays in that game and man it just it felt like you were one of the ones that came up with a few of the big plays in that game. Does that one stick out to you at all? Yeah, that one definitely sticks out. Uh, even so, during the week, we were always talking about how Illinois, uh, they got a good line. They're kind of similar to our type of run game, like with the gap schemes and stuff like that, so they're going to try to run the ball on us. I think they were one of the Joe Moore candidates at the time, too. Mm-hmm. So they had something to say about themselves. So, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I made a few plays. <laughs> yeah, man. So you got a little profile. We'll pause before we get into talking about Ohio State because it's interesting. You come into Michigan in the NIL era, right? Mm-hmm. Now, at the beginning of it. I wonder, as you got toward the end of your process, were you hearing any sort of NIL pitches from yeah. any schools? Omarion said if he was at the very end. He did. Did you hear any? Nah, I didn't hear any. You didn't hear any? Yeah. So, so you got to Michigan. And I'm curious, how how did NIL unfold for you individually? Like, what was your experience with it last year? Yeah, well, coming in, like, I was just getting the baseline deals that everyone else was getting, like, these whole, like, we had this one event, like, signing event after the spring game. Mm-hmm. We all got paid a decent amount. But, yeah, nothing crazy. I wasn't, like, I wasn't one of those, like, five-star guys coming out of high school getting these, like, these deals just coming into it, so... So is it one of those things that, and I ask every guy this, that you talk to other guys in the locker room about it? It maybe doesn't have to be a locker room discussion, but like the guy next to you or guys in your class, did you talk about NIL very much or was that kind of like a, just a secondary thing for you? Uh, I mean, every here and there, like I'll talk to like my close, close like guys on the team about it. Like sometimes I'll talk to like Will and Colson and stuff about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the mid-year guys, too, will talk about it. Like, we're all close like that, so we'll all just say whatever. Yeah, man. And so, you know, now you're getting deals. Is there, is that something that you have somebody doing? Do you go out and seek out the deal? Like, how do you go about that, go about that process of finding deals that can, you know, obviously benefit you from an NIL perspective? Yeah, I wouldn't say I necessarily, like, go out and find deals. Uh, Valiant. The we're running through Valiant right now, mm-hmm. so like they're doing a lot of stuff for us players. Uh, they'll bring like they'll text me every here and there. Yo, there's an opportunity here. Just let me know if I want to do it or not. Uh, and then just some other people, just like agency type guys, will like come and bring some deals and stuff like that. So now you're starting to make some money. Um, you got to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that you know. So obviously, you'd say spend, and a lot of kids would say spend it, but yeah, you can allow your money to work for you. You can also, you also need to start thinking about putting some of it away for the future. You also need to start thinking about taxes. I know mm-hmm. 
it's one of the things you did recently was you you met with Morgan Stanley yeah. to kind of talk about those kinds of things and I, I wonder what were some of your takeaways from that interaction yeah we me and Dave uh, kind of just talked about uh, like budgeting investments uh, what an LLC can do for you uh, and stuff like that and I'll just give like one example uh, we were talking about like when I first get like say I first get drafted or whatever like that and I get that huge signing bonus uh, and most players will like go out and buy a house that they can't afford without budgeting so they're used to making millions of dollars in the league but like once you retire how are you gonna be able to sustain paying for that like mm -hmm. your whole life so that's when budgeting came in like a huge factor that we talked about mm -hmm. was it something you had really thought about before or was that kind of like a uh, it's time to have, you're making some grown-up money, you got to start thinking about it in grown-up ways. Yeah, for sure. I've really never, like, thought about it like that or gone into depth like that. Even though we had, like, a brief lunch meeting about it, uh, I definitely learned a lot. Do you, as far as Michigan is concerned, uh, are they doing much in the NIL space as far as NIL education, you know, the, the deals and taxes and, you know, putting money aside for that? Are they doing much with that yet? Yeah, we're definitely starting to like step it up a little bit. Um, we just had a team meeting not too long ago about we put together kind of like an NIL crew mm -hmm. that you can always go to. They're in the academic center. You can go to them, uh, ask about stuff. They'll have like NIL educational meetings, tax educational meetings, stuff like that. Um, that have been helpful, but I haven't gone to them yet. <laughs> I got you. I got, but, you, hey, but you met with Dave Hibby yeah, from, yeah. from Morgan Stanley, so you're ahead of the curve, right? And let's get back into talking about the the season, Ohio State. Mm -hmm. I, I know that it had been an emphasis all year. I know that the, the importance w was stressed. Did you have the appropriate feel for it before you step foot on the field, or is that something that you just have to be there and experience to get it? Yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of the guys on the team always like, like we always talk about it and bring it up during like team settings or lifting settings. Like, what are we gonna do to beat Ohio State? That big thing that we have. Um, but it's all you can only say so much. Like once you get on that field, you just know what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And so you're you're on the field. This is your first. The other guys had experienced beating them, right? So they mm -hmm. they knew. Take me through your emotions over the course of the game and how it felt, were there ever any ner nervous mo moments, and when did you know? When did you know we, you got them? Yeah, I was definitely nervous going into that game, um, especially that first drive. We went out there, they kind of just, they marched the ball down our throats, kind of, mm -hmm. on that first drive, and then ended up with a touchdown. I just remember the stadium erupting, uh, and we just started putting it all together. We're like, we just felt it out. We knew it was going to come. And then once, like, Got into that late third quarter, early fourth. Uh, Dono broke, broke those runs. We're looking over at their sideline. They look all de defeated. They're all they're all clamoring with each other, arguing. Just and then we all look at each other. We're like, we got them. <laughs> so, cause you now in the trenches, you really. I mean, you're right there. You mm -hmm. can hear what they're saying to each other and what they're saying to you. Was there a different tone later in the game, or were they like? I think it might have been Zach said they were talking all the way through. On that side of the ball, were they doing the yeah. same thing on when you were out there on defense? The old linemen really don't talk crazy like that. <laughs> They'll say something every here and there, but nothing like, whoa, like stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so I'm curious now. With the in retrospect, looking back on the season, 
What was the toughest matchup for you all year? The toughest offensive line you think you guys faced looking back on it? I would say definitely between Ohio State and I think Penn State had a decent, pretty good line too. Mm-hmm. They were solid for sure. All right, but none were better than Michigan's offensive yeah. line, which is, which is obviously really, really good. So, look, you get into the, into the playoff game, man, and I've been asking all the guys this as you, you look back on it. I mean, what do you think? Because I've been very, very consistent in giving TCU their credit. I just think you guys are the better team. I just think you made more mistakes in that game than we had seen you make in other games. But you know better than, than us. What did you think being there? Yeah, we made a lot of mistakes. Like, looking back at the film, um, even at halftime, like, we knew, like, we were just, everyone was, like, not on the same page almost. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would say, like, we just played a terrible game. But nine times out of ten, we're beating that team. Mm-hmm. So, and that was that one time that we didn't. So, mm-hmm. comes back to haunt you in the brightest moments. So, what is that? You know, so, you guys come back with a focus to get back. You now, now you're in winter conditioning and you're in spring ball. You know, I know you've actually been through it before, mm-hmm. though, right? So, you can compare and contrast. I mean, coming off of that, what what does that do for you or do to you? as you're in winter conditioning. Is that with you all the time? Is it part of the drive? Is it, are there reminders? Like, what does that, that experience do to you after you have it and you get into preparing for the next season? Yeah, I would just say, like, I didn't know what it felt like to lose, like, a playoff game that you should have, like, won. Like, I know the guys the previous year before I got there, they lost in that Orange Bowl game. Uh, like, they're all set on getting back there. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I'm kind of in that mindset now, like being in their shoes. So along the front, you you stepped into a front that had, uh, I mean, established leadership, like, you know, Big Mike, for instance. Who are the guys that have assumed that that mantle? I'm up front. I mean, I know we got guys like Mikey who've been around. Mm -hmm. uh, But up front specifically, who are the guys who have kind of stepped forward to kind of fill that void from the, the veterans that have moved on? Yeah, I feel like Chris is definitely coming along and kind of, like, setting himself apart as, like, one of the leaders of the D-line. Um, I would say Jalen Harrell, too. Mm-hmm. He's taking big steps. Um, he's more of a vocal leader. He'll get on guys a little bit more now that he knows, like, his role is going to be even more important this year than it was last year. Mm-hmm. So I know we are still a ways away from this season. you still got more spring ball left. you got fall camp left. But I'm curious, where can you sense you, Mason Graham, are better right now than you were during the season last year? I would definitely say my pass rushing aspect of my game. Because um, me and Coach Elson, a bunch of the, all the D linemen, uh, we were talking about it not too long ago, um, about how our pass rush was kind of inconsistent and not kind of non-existent almost in the interior mm-hmm. aspect. So I feel like that's definitely something we've been working on. Uh, throughout the winter uh, and even spring ball now, we're definitely emphasizing that. Okay. Me I, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, but, you know, we saw, like you said, you were leading the state of California in sacks, so we know you have that kind of thing in you. You have speed, you have quickness, you have power. So let's, let's quantify the power on the team. Who's the strongest guy on the team? Uh, there's kind of freaky guys. Uh, Chris is definitely one of them. 
Uh, Drake Nugent, I think, is pretty strong. I was in his lifting group this past winter. Uh, we were doing all the workouts type together. Uh, Trente Jones is pretty strong. I'd say I'm up there, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know where you fit in that on that list. Like, when we had Amari on it, I said, who's the fastest guy on the team? He said, me. Yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, so. there's, there's different aspects of, like, lifting that I'm better at than, like, them or they're better at than me. But So what is the aspect of lift, lifting that you're better at? I think I'm better, like, at the, like, pressing stuff. And then, because I know Trente's hit some crazy stuff, like... We have this one workout called Turkish Get Up. Mm-hmm. You start from the ground up, and you have, like, a dumbbell on your hand. And you have to get from the ground all the way up, laying back on your back. You have to get all the way up and then go all the way down. Uh, he's done some crazy numbers on that. Same with Chris, too. Yeah, I think Aiden had done some crazy numbers. Yeah, on that he, had the, he had the bar, and he had the 45 plates on the side. So yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no one's doing that? No. Okay, I got you. All right. Hey, that's that number two. That's that number two draft pick. Uh, special kind of strength, right? Now that you guys are are in it, I like to get scouting reports on some of the other guys on the field. How's how's Kenneth Graham coming along? That's one of your classmates yeah. and line mates. How's he coming along? He's definitely taking huge strides, I think. Um, he knows the defense a lot more. He knows, like, not only his job, like, kind of, like, what's going on around him, like, the concept of the defense. Uh, he's definitely taking huge steps, though, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get a chance to see the offensive linemen uh, from a different perspective as well. So I'm not as interested in the established guys. Mm-hmm. I want to know about, and don't say everyone's standing out, man. I know, that's, <laughs> I get that all the time. But of the, the guys who weren't starters, the background guys from last year, who have you really noticed? Like, last year you are measuring yourself against Olu. Mm-hmm. Who amongst the young guys you're like, man, that guy's giving me – He's giving me some run when you face him in practice. I, I wouldn't say Gio was like a like underrated guy last year. Right. He, he had a lot of playing, a decent amount of playing time last year. Uh, he's definitely stepped up. I feel like we go at it a little bit in the run game, stuff like that. Uh, he's been doing well. Uh, Raheem Anderson has been. He's a sturdy guy. He's hard to move around to. Mm-hmm. He's been doing great. Um, and then, not going to lie, uh, Dom Judis, he transferred from D-line to O-line. And I, he's definitely coming along. Really? Yes. Really? So, interior or on the outside? No, he plays, like, center guard type. Okay. But yeah. it's just great to see his growth from just starting this past fall. He got moved over mm-hmm. to this spring. He's definitely gotten way better. Gotcha, man. All right, so uh, now we talk about the the – you know, the part of the game that I wonder if, as a young guy, or the part of being on this team as a young guy, I wonder how you dealt with. You had the talk with Coach Harbaugh in the NFL. And then once that passed, you had the talk with Coach Mentor mm-hmm. in the NFL. You know, the veteran guys that I talked to that have come through here, they're like, hey, man, it is what it is. It's part of the territory. Mm-hmm. Some of the young guys, though, even some of the new coaches, they were – Kind of freaked out at the time. How did you process all of that while it was going on? I mean, definitely the first time when, like, I was coming in for my mid-year, Coach Harbaugh was having those NFL talks. I think I was more rattled then than I'd say now. Um, I just knew, like, Michigan was a spot for me. Mm-hmm. Whoever's going to come in is going to do a great job. It's always going to be Michigan. Um, but this second time, I wasn't too worried. Like, I knew, like, 
I could still play here, say worst comes to worst, they do leave. I just know someone's going to be in the field of shoes that'll just get us right as well. I got you, man. And so now as we you embark upon your, your sophomore campaign, kind of, Kind of, you know, play that out. I ask guys to, to map out what it looks like uh, for, the, for the team collectively and for them individually. As you do that, what is that? How does that, that story read to you? This coming year, I think I believe I'll be taking on, like, a bigger role in the defensive line. Opposed to, like, playing, like, my most snaps last year was probably, like, the Iowa game, 30-something mm-hmm. like that. Like, consistently pay- playing, like, 60 snaps, 50 snaps. 70 snaps if they need me to, mm-hmm. just stuff like that, uh, taking on a bigger role, and obviously winning that Big Ten ship, beating Michigan State at Michigan State, first time playing there, at Penn State, beating them there, and then taking on Ohio State at home, getting that Big Ten ring, win that bowl game, and win the Natty. Win so. the national championship. I'm curious, uh, Mason, you came from, from California, Zeke came from California. I wonder if you think the the fact that SC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten, do you think that's going to open the door for more Cali guys to come this way? I mean, it used to be year after year Cali guys were coming to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it, there was, you know, they went out there and they got Cam Brandt, for instance, in this last class. Yeah. But I, I, do you think that we're going to see maybe the door open a little wider like it used to be? Yeah, maybe. I'd Hope to see a little more Cali guys in the Big Ten. But uh, we'll see how UCLA and USC come out here to the Midwest and play in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so It was hard for me a little bit, but I got used to it pretty fast. Yeah, I'd be remiss, man, if I didn't take uh, a moment to talk about your, your support system, your support group, your family. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from the West Coast is one thing. Now they come all the way from Hawaii to see you. So they mm-hmm. show you mad love and support. How key and how crucial has that been to your success? Yeah, it's definitely a big part of my success, I would say. Um, you know, especially my my mom, my dad, my grandma. Uh, they'll all be watching the games. Even if they can't make that 10-hour flight out, they're always sitting at the TV. Everyone's just sitting there at the TV. They'll send me videos like of them reacting to, like, like, even the Illinois game, they sent me a video of them reacting to when Moody hit that game winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just sent me a little reaction. But I think my dad's definitely made a big sacrifice. He's come to multiple games. Um, I think it was, I don't remember if it was Illinois or Michigan State game he came. Ten-hour flight to Michigan, ten-hour flight back. Two weeks later, he's coming to the Ohio State game and then going back again. It's just a lot of time they've invested in me, mm-hmm. time, money, everything. So Absolutely. it's been great. So are there any more grams coming up? <laughs> yeah, I have two younger brothers, but I've just been like, they just started to play football. Uh, I've been trying to get them in a little bit. Football's a big thing in Hawaii, so hopefully they'll pick it up with those big boys over there. <laughs> right. uh, I've been taking them to like a few training, like O-line, D-line training sessions. And they're, they're the going to play like the biggest, the best like football school in Hawaii, right? Or one of yeah, them. Yeah, they're always like in this. They won the state championship last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll certainly will keep an eye out for the next Grams when they come along. <laughs> and here's what we know. They won't go under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's impossible after you <laughs> for them to go under the radar. Well, Mason, it has been a pleasure, man. Um, 
looking forward to seeing you this season. Good luck out there and hoping that you accomplish all your goals. Yeah, me too. Appreciate you having me on here. All right. Thanks a lot, folks. That's another edition of Behind the Uniform in the Books. Be sure to check it out, of course, over on the MichiganInsider.com, where all of our content appears. Also on the YouTube page, be sure to like it, be sure to subscribe to it. And if you aren't a member of the MichiganInsider.com, don't wait. $1 gets you in uh, for the first week. And after that, you become a full-paying member. You also get access to Paramount+. Plus. Cannot beat it. That'll do it for this edition of Behind the Uniform.